welcome back to um, Read This Instead podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jean. And I'm Kelly. And today we're joined by our um, guest. Hi, I'm Amy. And we're back again today with some um, talks about what you should and shouldn't read uh, based around a certain um, common, uh, a certain retelling of a pretty well-known story that we'll get into. Um, but before we do, Kelly, um, it's been a while since we've caught up. And actually, it's honestly, you guys, breaking down the fourth wall, been a while since we recorded. So kind of tell me your highs and lows lately. Um, yeah. Um, so definitely my low is that it's just been, it's been such a long gap since we were able to record and get an episode out. But yeah, um, I hope people haven't forgotten about us. We are still here. We are still definitely wanting to do this podcast. It's just been a little bit crazy. Um, I've been calling this the Moss Manic Month of May because literally every weekend we've... Literal and alliterative. <laughs> yeah. Literally every weekend of May we've gone out of town, basically. And... Um, it's just been a lot going on, finishing up, uh, various school years, teaching and taking classes, various people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just been a little crazy. Um, but we are very excited to get back to it. Um, so I would definitely say that's my low that has just, um, unfortunately gotten a little behind on in podcast land. Um, but you know, it happens. Um, and I would say a high, um, which like in so many cases is connected to the low, um, is that we've been doing a lot of fun stuff and trips. Um, and last weekend we went to St. Louis, um, and I found one of my new top favorite places in the entire world, which is city museum in St. Louis, Missouri. It was so cool um have you been you haven't been there have you sarah i no, i've been to st louis but i've not been to city museum what is that it sounds amazing well like i i literally don't i don't even know how to describe it um so basically it's a it's a gigantic four-story partially indoor partially outdoor playground but it's like it's artsy and it's weird and it's like a little bit scary and um adults can go kids can go families can go um there's a 10-story slide um there's a whole bunch of other smaller slides and there's like a Mm -hmm. under the sea part of it and like a cave part of it and a treehouse part of it and like it's just so it's like nothing else that I've ever experienced. I like we never been. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. And like my, my, I, I've, I've now become the biggest evangelist for city museum of St. Louis. It was, it's just all made from like the most interesting materials. So when I, when I say playground, don't picture like the primary colored plastic thing. It had like, it has, um, real wood that was kind of made into the treehouse part of it it has a lot of like scrap metal things part of the outside portion there were two old planes that they like fused into this playground um and there was there's like a a lot of recycled materials there's like walls that are recycled glass bottles and there was walls like the entire wall was covered in old uh old um like printing blocks um it, and then the the floor is like a gigantic mosaic that was just beautiful. Um, I I literally 
I can't even describe it. It was so cool. Um, I, I mean, I truly felt like, it's sort of a cliche thing to say, but I truly felt like a kid. Um, and yeah, there's just like, it's, it's just incredible. Oh my goodness. That just sounds like such a, such a cool trip. Um, that museum sounds, sounds fun. And it's like so fun, like getting into summertime, like taking a road trip, like all the nostalgic feels. So I love that. That's so nice. Yeah. Thanks. So what about you? Um, Amy, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Okay. Highs and lows. Um, recently adopted a new puppy, which I guess can be considered a high and a low. (laughs) Not so much of a low, but potty training is really difficult. Um, but she's adorable. Her name is Phoebe. She is so cute. She's so cute and so fluffy. So having fun with the puppy phase a little bit sometimes. Um, also let's see. I'm just like thinking over the past few weeks, we went to a Taylor Swift concert, which was incredible. It was amazing. Um, definitely a life high there. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, not really a lot of lows these days. Yeah. Feeling good about things. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Sarah? Well, now I feel bad. So I'm coming in hot with my love. <laughs> no, please. Um, I don't know, just, um, I guess for Lowe's, just like being totally candidly super, super honest, just having one of those like days, weeks, I don't know, where you just feel like you're not like doing enough, not like doing good enough. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you work really, really hard at work, but like you never know you're not ever like doing like, I don't know, like not really, I don't know. This is like kind of a serious low for the podcast, but I'm sure people out there can relate because everyone has times in their lives and like, you know, I just kind of... This anyway, that's like a big low just in every aspect of my life. And then um other lows are well, we did move, which was great. The move was great. Um, I guess a low a low with that though was we um moved ourselves. Uh no <laughs> one um helped us because <laughs> moving karma doesn't exist. No, just kidding. Um it was just us, but which is fine. But um it was three flights. Um and Two flights going down, three flights going up. It was a day. But I would like to say we got all done that day. And we only had to beg for help from a friend for one mattress. So I would say that was, like, pretty good. Yeah. Um, that that is, impress- I, that is impressive. I don't miss that stage of my life. Yeah. it's uh, it, it was good, though. I mean, it, it was a great move. I love where we are now as a high. Um, It's a great... Uh, I love the neighborhood we're in. I can, like, walk or take the bus to work. I honestly haven't really driven since we moved here. It's been a couple weeks. I've been able to pretty much use the bus or walk, which has been really nice. Um, So that's been super great. And then also, yeah, Amy's puppy, Phoebe, is pretty amazing. Um, And the Taylor Swift concert. We also went to, I think in the interim, we also went to a wedding. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in... um, uh, Savannah. Savannah. Yeah. And we went through Charleston and those were two places I'd never really spent time. So that was a good weekend. And we also went to Montana. <clears throat> I don't know if we'd gone to Montana last time we talked to Kelly, but no, I, mean, I don't think you had. Okay. We also went to Montana. We got to go snowshoeing. It was great. And we also mm. went to Wyoming on that trip, which was really fun. Um, so those are all great highs. So no real lows, just like that 
So feeling. why do you feel like you weren't doing enough at work? Well, it was, I don't know. I just feel like there was like a lot of work and like I would work really hard and like get it done. But then like, I feel like, you know, it's nice you just don't see what you want to happen, happen. And you feel like maybe I could have done something better. And then just like not feeling good enough at life. Like, you know, you feel like you work like really hard and then like you can't afford to buy a present for your friends. Baby shower. I don't know. Just like things like this. But this fine. One of those feelings where it's like, huh, I could be doing better at every aspect of my life. But that is being human and it is. Well, that's true of everybody. Like, I know you're doing the best you can. Well, it's fine. It'll be good. Like, okay, well, slight sidebar. Have you ever noticed in, like, um, Amy, I don't know if you watch a lot of these, but pretty much, like, any um, British show in, like, a historical setting, um, I don't know if it's, like, all the same writers for these shows or what it is, but, like, every time that someone expresses something kind of angsty like that, the other person is just like, I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> it's like... Did you say that? You're right. It's so unhelpful. Like... Or someone, if someone will be like, um, oh, I think they're really mad at me and they don't like me. Oh, I'm sure they still like you. Or like, they oh, do I just, they I just feel like I'm me. messing everything up. I'm sure that's not true. Oh, and that's it's not just true. like, but it, it, it is true. It is true. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like a really funny thing that British people say is like, if you eat something really fast, you know how you'd be like, we like chomp it down. But they, you know how like a vacuum cleaner is a Hoover? They say yeah. they hoovered it. Yes, they do. <laughs> they hoovered it down. They just go. <laughs> just... <laughs> they hoovered up their food. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just feel like I, I would be mad. I would feel like, what's the point of talking to you? <laughs> like, if I, like if I was like, oh, I had this really frustrating... Um, just, you know, com- hypothetically, complete hypothetical. If I was like, oh, I'm just so frustrated with someone at work and I feel like they don't respect me. I'm sure they respect you. I'm like, but I just told you they don't. Like, are you even listening? <laughs> like, no, they're too busy hoovering down their crisps. Too busy hoovering up their crisps. Yeah. Um, no, I guess another oh my gosh, there was the weirdest expression I heard on a podcast. It was something like, like, swings and roundabouts have you ever heard that does that mean what does that mean i have no idea wait i'm googling it hang on let me try to look it up i think i think it had to do with like um we we might say you you win some you lose some kind of thing i like that um oh it's adorable it was just so (laughs) interesting okay it certainly means yeah, there's many gains as there are losses. That's adorable. Yeah. Is that Brit- it's British? Yeah, it was on a podcast. There's two choices or situations are well, swings and roundabouts. That's adorable. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it it is really cute. <laughs> it's just like I had never heard it before. I really um, like that. Um, but anywho, okay, so I'm looking up our random question. What is the most irrational superstition you have? I feel like I have a lot of random ones that I don't think about often. Let's see. I don't know if they're more superstitions. It is a superstition not to step on cracks in the sidewalk, and that is something that I actively do, but not for, like, a reason, necessarily. Um, you actively do step on cracks, or you actively avoid the cracks? No, I don't. I don't. Okay. You'll, you'll break your mother's back that way. Right. Oh, right. So You never heard that, Sarah? 
No, I never heard that. Don't step on the crack or you'll or, or you'll break your mother's back. That, <laughs> you never heard that? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's no. Oh. How many superstitions do I have? That was like my childhood and we were sisters. You, oh, you with the numbers. Okay, so Amy has this thing where if you turn the volume up in the car, but it lands on a number that's not an even number, can't handle it. Can't handle that's it. That's not a superstition. Oh. <laughs> that's an OCD thing. <laughs> um i think while you think while you're thinking yeah. about yours i think i thought i said this in the last episode but i do have a superstition where it's like if you have a feeling you should be cautious about something like taking a precaution that you wouldn't normally take when like driving or something it's because it's your intuition or the universe or or like or you know something telling you like okay, like saying bad, this bad, like something's going to happen. So you should be careful. But then I think like, oh, so if I do that extra precaution, then the bad thing will happen. But if I don't do that extra precaution, oh. the bad thing won't happen. And it's all just an awful, like. That's a whole extra layer of that. <laughs> I was going to say like it's... having, listening to your intuition is not unreasonable, but that's. <laughs> yeah. That's then I just went to like a whole new place. I heard something on a podcast that said, you can tell between anxiety and intuition because intuition will make you feel calm and anxiety will make you feel like more like worried about something. Mm. And I thought that was really good advice. Um, so it's like, okay, like maybe you'll be like, Oh, I should do this. And it's like a gut feeling. But if, if it's like a spiral, it's like, no, that's not your gut. So like an example would be like, I'd be like, okay, I think I shouldn't get on the interstate to go to this restaurant. I should just go on the back road. And I'll think like, well, maybe I think I shouldn't go on the interstate because there's going to be a wreck and like my intuition's picking up on it. But then if I did go on the interstate, does that mean the wreck won't happen? If I do not go on the interstate, then the wreck did happen because I didn't go on the interstate. And then some other person. It's a double bluff or a triple bluff. I know. (laughs) Um, That is quite complicated. Um, I definitely have one where um, it's like I'm kind of joking, but I'm low-key kind of not. Where it's like, oh, don't speak that into existence kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where if someone was like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain on our camping trip. I'll be, you know, it's like, don't even speak that out into the universe. <laughs> like, don't even put that out there. Um, so I have that one a lot. And then um, I also have, like, these sort of, like, pessimistic, uh, I like, pessimistic superstitions I try to turn to my advantage. Like, for instance, um, my friend and I did a booth at the farmer's market. We were selling stuff we had made. And I was like, I had a story I really wanted to tell her. And I was like, um, I was like, I really want to tell you this story. So I'm going to start telling you. And then hopefully we'll be interrupted by customers. Oh, <laughs> I think that was food at the restaurant. We go yeah. to the yes. Yes. Well, mom, because mom taught us that. Mom taught us that go to the restroom so the waiter will bring you food. We came by. That, that's, that was what mom always said. She did. Or if I'm waiting for an elevator, as soon as I walk away, it does come. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, I did kind of think of something that is the opposite of what Kelly does. So a lot of people don't speak things into existence. Like, um, or they'll be like, oh, it's really quiet at work today. And like, that's a superstition where you should never say that. I kind of like to dare the universe to to do things. <laughs> and I did the opposite. I was like, oh, watch, this is going to happen. Something terrible is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. This... Um, we're going to be Bring it on, stupid. universe. Yeah. And then I feel like that'll that'll protect me. It'll be like, well, now I can't surprise them. They already know. So. 
but I do that a lot. I do, and it makes people mad. Expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed. Exactly. Do you want to introduce what we're talking about today? Yes. Okay. So today I have a doozy for you. And this, so this is a YA book that was written in 2012. And some might say oh, that we no. shouldn't expect that much of it. But I say this is a book that I spent my time reading. And <laughs> I was very disappointed. Oh no! Wait, what's it called? Okay, well, um, so this book is called Scarlet, and it's a Robin Hood retelling. Um, and honestly, I don't know. Actually, Sarah, don't look it up yet. Don't look it up yet because I have (laughs) I have a specific way I want to introduce it to you. Um, so I feel like very few. Most most retellings of classic things that I read were just like the worst books <laughs> to ever exist. Um, but I I have this belief that there's like good ones out there, like a good Peter Pan retelling, a good um, uh, Robin Hood retelling, a good I don't know Jane Eyre retelling. I, I I have I just seem maybe that's my superstition. I see I persist in this belief that there's got to be a good retelling out there. Like a good Alice in Wonderland retelling or something even though like the circumstances have not shown that to be the case. I did think of one uh a classic retelling um well I should say some of the some of the retellings of like Greek myths are good. A lot of those books are good. Oh yeah, those are very um, good. So I will say that and I do have, um, for my recommendation at the end of this podcast, um, I did think of another classic retelling that was good, but, um, most of them suck. <laughs> um, and, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> suck like a Hoover, but I, as people may know, I love the Disney, Disney Robin Hood. Um, one of my favorite movies ever. And, um, I love the first season of the BBC Robin Hood show. So definitely have a soft spot oh. in my heart for Robin Hood. I remember that. And anyway, in this retelling, it was like, oh, well, you know, Will Scarlet was actually Scarlet and she was a girl disguised as a boy. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of fun. I'll give that a try. Well, <laughs> okay. So to give you the, the best way that I would like to introduce you to this book is something that I came upon but and it's just so amazing by which i mean it's terrible um so the author whose name is a a c gone i don't know if it's gone gone i have no idea how you pronounce the last name but um she has a youtube channel and she made a book trailer for her book (laughs) and again this is back in 2012 Um, I'm going to put the video in the episode notes so that people can watch it. Um, so if you're listening and you want to go ahead and pull that up and follow along, feel free. Um, but Sarah and Amy, I'm going to send it to you right now and have you watch it. And I think we're about to triple the views on YouTube. (laughs) Um, I feel, feel free to describe and narrate what you're seeing as, as you go. Um, but again, you know, people can also follow along, um, because I know it's, it's not like the greatest audio content of like listening to someone react to a video. Um, give that a watch. (laughs) 
It's giving homeschool video. <laughs> yes! What is happening? I'm not sure. comments can i say one thing i was reading the comments yeah someone apparently was like really late to the party <laughs> said wait isn't this basically they're saying yes in brackets this book isn't it actually isn't it little red Riding hood not robin hood the sidekick person <laughs> <laughs> honestly i can see why they were confused um yeah that, so is that is that not the most like you said, it's giving homeschool video. It's 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 giving a bunch of homeschoolers snuck around and watched Twilight and then tried to make a video. It's got a very Twilight vibe, like the well, the shots of the weird, trees she and looks everything. Like a grown up, but yeah, it's yeah, weird. it's just so cringy. It's so bad. I actually feel it's like if I had vague. watched, it's very vague. Yes. Well, I actually feel like if I had watched the book trailer before I read the book, I might have liked the book more because, like, the book is awful, but the book trailer is a whole other level of awful. And I would like to be clear, this is not a fan-made trailer. This was made by the author of the book. I also would love to know who her, like, agent was that was like, you know, it would really help us sell more books. If you went on YouTube and made a video of you in your backyard with <laughs> uh, a prop sword and did some slide transitions and made comments about the book in a red cape, that, my friend, is how you sell a book. <laughs> it's just so bad. I watched it like five times. Also, the thing about being... Okay, the... the her ruse would be up really quickly, I feel like. I mean... her Oh, her ruse? Oh, we'll talk about that. Okay, I'm um, reading it about... It looks like she probably watched that BBC show a lot, because I see some very similar plot points coming out. Yes, actually, when did that show come out? Let me look at um, it real quick, because oh I think that was around the same time. Okay, BBC Robin Hood started 2006. Okay, so it definitely had an influence, probably, on this book. Um, except that she didn't take anything good about the BBC Robin Hood. <laughs> Can I read you a Goodreads review someone wrote about it? Yeah. They said, they gave it one star. 
By the way, the person who wrote this for you's name is Ducky, so I don't know how much you really want to <laughs> put stock in it. But they said, this is the first time I read a version of the Robin Hood story where I wanted the sheriff to win. <laughs> Flimsy characters, clunky writing, and gapping plot holes mingle what otherwise might have been a decent YA novel. Yes, so true. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you about this book. And what's interesting is the past two just like abysmal books that I have told you about. Um, one was the maidens and one was the death of Jane Lawrence. And for those, I had kind of this just dissociative episode or something. And I, and I wrote this like crazy massive long summary of what happened in each chapter. I didn't feel the need to do that for this book because this was a book where kind of nothing happened. Um, and so, um, the thing with Jane Lawrence and with, um, I'm sorry, not the cloisters. It was the maidens. The thing with the maidens and with oh, Jane yeah. Lawrence is that they were clearly books that thought they were all about plot. They thought they had a really twisty, turny storyline they thought they had this like intricate, complicated mystery um, to the point that it was complicated and there was a lot to say about what happened in each chapter, um, but it was just all kind of gibberish and nonsense. So, but for Scarlet, um, like, I don't know, it was, nothing really happened. Um, so for me, it was more about the characters and their characterization and how she took these like great classic characters and just made them all suck. <laughs> So, um, and kind of as I was going through it, so, and it has been forever since I saw the BBC Robin Hood. Um, so I was mainly going off the Disney version and thinking about how much better the Disney version was. Um, but if you have seen BBC Robin Hood more recently, if you remember it better, feel free to like jump in. Um, cause I just no, don't I... super remember it. I remember loving it. I just don't super remember what happened. I remember liking it too, but I, I, oh my goodness, that must've been... That was a very long time ago. I don't really remember because I had a big crush, ironically, on Will Scarlet, who was a guy in that show, but he was. Oh, yeah, I, re I remember Will Scarlet was like really cute, and yeah, I just remember. I remember it was really fun and really great. Yeah, and I, I actually, I was like, thinking, I was like, ooh, I should rewatch it. I remember the second and third season were kind of lame, but the first season was like just so fun. Um, and obviously, oh. like Richard Armitage is in it as Guy of Gisborne. Oh. Oh, I didn't um, know that. And we love him. Um, so, um, anyway, um, that was like the main thing I remembered about it was Richard Armitage was in it. Um, now I remember. Oh, so, you know what's strange? Can I say, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Go. No, go ahead. This book has a phenomenal Goodreads rating. It does. Like a 4.6 stars or something. How is that? Let's see. Possible. Mine, mine says 3.93. Oh, I might have interesting. Oh yeah, I, it does well, say that. Sorry. This this Still, that's very good. This could be an interesting topic for like an, an espresso shot because um, I don't think I've ever seen a book on Goodreads that had less than three, um, unless it's some like really niche thing, um, hmm. and I I just I don't know I I go off of. I don't know when when I'm seeing if I think a book will be good, I'll kind of look at the top like the five star and the one star reviews, and kind of look at the quality of those reviews and kind of make my decision off of that. I I rarely look at the overall number because it's almost always in like the three to four point five range, mm. and I've you know but and but then again like um I've 
read books that I thought were incredible. And then there's somebody on Goodreads yelling about how it, how terrible it is. So I mean, it's just kind of hard to tell, but sometimes like if all the five star reviews are really vague and the one star reviews are really specific, that's generally a hint that the book is not very good. Um, but I mean, you can go on there, you can look up like the secret history on there and there'll be someone saying this book was slow. The characters all sounded the same. Da, 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 da. Like, I was just like, what are you talking about? Um, so basically, yeah. So basically the, the best way that I can could think of to kind of describe this book was to kind of like go through the characters. So um, Will Scarlet, obviously he's, he's in the original Robin Hood classic character. Um, I don't know, if, have, have either of you ever seen like the Errol Flynn Robin Hood, like the really old Hollywood Robin Hood? I avoid it like the plague. No. <laughs> okay. Well, um, one, one thing that. that is kind of cheesy about it is Will Only Scarlet- do I? I said only one thing. Well, I mean, it's of its time, but it's like an epic Hollywood classic film. I um, think I'm thinking of the wrong thing. It's so it it was like made um in the 30s with Errol Flynn and Okay, I'm thinking of something totally different. Ignore me, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. There's there's many Robin Hoods out there, but um this was like uh I think it was the 30s, maybe it was the 40s. But this is like the old Hollywood um sort of classic Robin Hood movie. Um, and there's many, like, yeah, there's many things that are great about it, but one thing that is kind of cheesy about it was that um, Will Scarlet, as as he often does, he was like in head to toe, bright, flaming red outfit. Oh, um, no. And if we, we were just laughing because we were kind of like, wouldn't they see him in the forest? <laughs> like, was he like, um, supposed to be like distracting like a distraction or something like no it wasn't for any reason oh, it was just like say? i because oh. i i think that's in a lot of the original um stories about robin hood is like will scarlet wore a scarlet outfit and that was, that was just a thing that he did <laughs> but like in in the no, in <laughs> in the errol flynn movie it's just like a fire engine red outfit head to toe and it's just kind of like that seems not like a very good strategy <laughs> um <laughs> So, but anyways, and then, yeah, in the BBC Robin Hood, I remember he was, like, a really sweet kind of guy. Um, he's not in Disney Robin Hood, sadly. Um, but anyway, in this version, um, Will Scarlet is a girl disguised as a boy. Um, and is part of Robin Hood's gang. Okay, so we have talked many times about this type of protagonist. Um, and... She she does not go where no other female protagonists have gone. We'll put it that way. Um, but she's kind of our um, our classic, you know, just sort of the not like other girls, Mary Sue, self-insert, fanfic kind of character. Um, and so... And I'm, and I'm kind of going off of my Goodreads um, review that I've read about this, so I might... might quote some parts of it and paraphrase other parts of it. So one thing about this retelling is spoiler alert Will quote unquote Will Scarlet is actually Maid Marian in disguise. <laughs> wait, 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 question. Are they two so there's a Maid Marian and so Will Scarlet never existed. It was like Right. When Sherlock's sister was a therapist. There was no therapist. The yes. Okay. There's no Will Scarlet and another thing the net amount of female characters in the story has not changed. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, we're going to like put this cool action girl in Robin Hood's band. But actually, it was just the one girl that was already in the story. <laughs> Wait, how was she? So she was, was she pulling like a, a Princess Jasmine? Basically? So, like, what was her? Kind of. So, so basically, um, long story short, she was kind of, she was, in, in this version, um, and I think this was in BBC, and I think this is in the original, um, Maid Marian was engaged to Guy of Gisborne, and in this version, um, so Maid Marian, like, was from London, and Guy of Gisborne was from, from London, and they were, like, in an arranged marriage to each other, whatever. And um, she, number one, didn't want to marry him because he was a huge, massive creep. Um, not that every other man in this book isn't also a huge, massive creep, but at least he was the one that she acknowledged was actually a huge, massive creep. Um, and then it was also a little bit, like, Toph in Avatar, where she was, like, um, I'm just constrained by being so rich and I just, just want to like go away and be free and fight. And like, and Toph is awesome. I love Toph and Avatar, but this is like the girl that thinks she's Toph and could never. Oh, um, she's obnoxious. I, oh no, I like Toph and Avatar. No, not Toph. I'm saying this chick. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, sounds obnoxious. Like, also, shouldn't she have gone with a name that sounded like Marion? Like, well, supposedly, like, Robin Hood <laughs> nicknamed her Scarlet, because, well, I'll, so we'll get to all of these things. Okay. But, anywho, so she she and her sister ran away, and then the sister died, um, and then Robin Hood found Will slash Marion slash Scarlet and let her join the band in disguise as a boy. And that was kind of like her backstory. But anyway, we'll get, we'll get, and we'll go back to Guy of Gisborne and his role in all of this. But basically, uh, so um, if you had to say, um, if, if you had to say, Sarah, like, if you could, what what's the number one tell in like a couple of words where you know that this is going to be a Mary Sue type of character? Okay, so you said in a couple words or a couple sentences, sorry. Yeah, what's like what's like the number one thing that an author could write and it's and it's about it has to do with physical appearance, a specific it's trait. Thin, plain, awkward. Yes, uh, that that too. Not the girls uh too skinny, I don't know, all the things. Yeah, that's definitely there too, but it's also an unusual eye color. Oh, it's always it's always some flawed character trait that's not actually flawed. It's not mm. like, oh, you know, I have this legitimate thing I might want to see a doctor about. It's always like, oh, like I'm weird and different because I have unique eye color. Or I'm weird yes. and different because my hair is crazy. Yes. Or I'm weird and different because I have this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I would say if you if you see that in the main run. character of a book, run. <laughs> and run. I should have run. Run as fast. Um, but yeah, so she says her eyes are the color of moonstones. No! Uh, <laughs> so I guess, like, whitish gray. What is um, a moonstone? I'm just curious. I think it's an opal, moon. right? It's like the uh, term for an opal? Let me double check that. So she knows it's a silvery white. Oh. Like, yeah, it's like a grayish, whitish grayish rock. 
Wow, that's really nice. So um, happy. so I'm just like, that sounds really creepy. <laughs> I was gonna say, if I saw someone come up with like that, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I wouldn't be like, hmm. I don't know about yeah. that. Oh, also, she makes in in the one sentence where she actually describes Robin Hood, she makes him blonde, which nobody wants. Nobody wants a blonde Robin Hood. I'm sorry. Nobody wants a blonde Robin Hood. No. <laughs> Not to be racist, but nobody wants a blonde Robin Hood. Don't want all that. Um, but yeah, so she has, and then she's always like, "Oh, they'll he'll recognize me because of my unusual eyes. My eyes are so weird." And blah 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 blah. blah. They're, they're the color of moonstones, and it's just like usually, usually they they go for the vi- like violet eyes or they at least like have the decency to pick an eye color that actually exists but they'll be like oh sometimes they were green and sometimes they were brown and sometimes they were blue depending on the light but, it, but it's like, at least those are all like eye colors that like are real but I don't know if she's got glaucoma or something I don't know if she's got cataracts or something Oh my god! I mean, she's her eyes are the color of moonstones which is a grayish white rock so I don't know what she wants me to think so anyways so i'm just gonna read this part um so scarlet (laughs) is grumpy and mean to everybody she's supposedly a cool adventure girl who doesn't get bogged down with the stupid frivolous concerns that other girls do however here's what she actually does throughout the entire book number one this is like all she's ever doing number one crying (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, or sorry, water is pouring from her eyes, or tears are flowing from her eyelids, or like all these like you know terrible. Well, I always don't um, listen to the, youth, the members of my past. Yes. <laughs> so, so like, remember how Jane Lawrence was always like, um, "I'm so logical and unemotional, and I'm not like other girls, and I'm not built for intimacy." And blah, blah, blah. but then all she would do was like get emotional and cry. <laughs> Girl, don't get me started. I do remember that. And it was so, it's like, this brings me, well, I'll talk about this when we talk about books we're reading, but I am over all of that. Yeah. And, and, and let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with feeling emotions and expressing them. But what annoys me is when the character goes on and on and on about how they're not emotional, but then all they do is get overly emotional. Yeah. What I hate. (laughs) What book was it we read, Kelly? I think it was some really dumb book. And the girl was like, I just think about math because I don't care about... That was Jane. And she was doing, like, really basic... What was it? That was Jane Lawrence. No, no, no. There's something else that, that I read, but it was also the math trope. And she was like, oh. one plus one is two. And this is how I got through life because everyone in my life hurt me and I'm... <laughs> Gosh, I don't know what that was. It was so stupid like romance or YA let me go through my good reads sorry I'll let you keep talking a lot and I'll find it but um it, it was terrible because she was she would do really basic basic equations and be like this is how I break down my life to understand it because I've been hurt so many times by men <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny it was it was obnoxious um you know and it goes back also to what we said in the heroine with a thousand and one faces episode where like yes. you hate the like we really hate these girl characters that are like well i'm not like other girls i don't cry and get emotional and i all, i don't just think about my hair all the time like other girls but then like it's like why is it bad to have emotions or to want to look nice like that like that's not like that doesn't make and then all they talked about is their hair and their inner dialogue right and then that's the well, thing is and so like so like literally all that this supposedly cool action girl does is she cries and then she moons over all the different guys and distracts no, them all every their single, drama. 
So no, I was like, just be honest. I always like, all these girls at school just care about the guys at school and, and shopping. I just don't fit in. And what I do the very first chance they get when the main guy walks in is like, swoon over him. And <laughs> Bella. It's like, very, yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah, it's, Bella Swan is the original. Or not, maybe not the original, but the uh, epitome. No, um, for real, for real. I wish I could find this. I think this well, trope about the math has appeared in multiple books, and I find it very obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's like, such an easy and cheap way of being, like, oh, not like other girls. I like math. But it's not even, like, good math. It's, like... Yeah, one plus one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, one friend plus one friend is two. And this helps me stay away from people that are toxic. And I'm, like, what are we doing? I'm so... Oh, confused. my gosh. It's like, too much. Maybe oh, just no. say what you what you mean and don't try to spring math into it. <laughs> um, um, but anyways, right now I'm reading, oh sorry, no, go ahead. So, okay. but anyway, I continue. So I have this list of seven things that Scarlett does, and this is like all that she does, all that she does. Um, so number one is crying all the time. Number two, mooning over Robin Hood and misunderstanding his obvious flirtations as insults. So she's like <sighs> obsessed with Robin Hood, crushing on him all the time. To be fair, who wouldn't? Um, well, not this Robin Hood, because this Robin Hood sucks, and we'll talk about him. But, like, uh, an actually, you know, an actual good Robin Hood. Like, he, like, Robin Hood is supposed to be someone you swoon over. Um, Especially if he's a fox. I blame <laughs> that movie and Zootopia for my unrealistic expectations of, I mean, men. Yeah, no. Fox Robin Hood, I, you know, I'll take a brave stance. Fox Robin Hood is the best Robin Hood. I, no, I, I agree with you, Kelly. I think he's the best. So um, the problem is not her having a crush on Robin Hood, but the problem is that she's supposedly above all that, but then all that she does is like obsess over Robin Hood. And, um, and also like he'll, he'll say, he'll say things like, um, so Robin Hood will say things like, ever since you joined the band, I couldn't stop worrying about you, which is obviously him saying that he likes her, but then she'll just, she'll take it as like, Oh, I'm annoying him. Uh, or she's like, like oh, things I can't trauma. take care of myself. I take care of myself. Instantly gets kidnapped by the main. Yes, literally. I, that is also that also happens constantly. Oh my god. Um. So then number three, um, her third activity: getting mad at nothing for no reason. So at one point, um, she's like freaks out at Robin Hood because. Um, he speaks more formally to like a noble noble woman than he would to a to the common folk, and she's like, "How can you be so classist?" And it's just like, <laughs> "What?" You know that kills me about so many of these main leads. They get so angry and aggressive toward people that are like legitimately trying to be helpful, and I'm like, I can't imagine going to like are accusing, accusing Robin ever. Hood of being classist. He's Robin Hood. <laughs> I was like, dude spends his whole life robbing from the rich to give to the poor. And <gasps> because he happened to speak more formally to a noblewoman on one occasion, you're like, how can you be such a snob? And I was like, what are you talking about? Also, isn't she actually like kind of not nobility, but like she isn't is. She, like, she is noble? also highborn, but she's in disguise. Yeah, and we're going to talk about her accent in a little bit, her dialect in a little bit. Oh dear. That's a whole can of worms. But yeah, it's just like, she just like gets so mad at him. And I'm, it's, that's like, I don't even know what that's like. That's like, um, that's like if you like were talking to like, um, like a doctor during COVID and he like went into the coffee shop and he wasn't like wearing a mask, like, or whatever. And you'd be like, yell at him. And it's like, but he's like literally like 
saving life. Yeah, or like, it's like if if as Jesus were dying on the cross, his disciples, like his mom had come up and was like, you never write, you never call. Girl, we are getting canceled. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying like, Robin Hood spends his whole life helping others and you're freaking out about this one little thing. <laughs> Don't let the lightning, if there be but one righteous man in this house. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though. It's like if some, it's like he can't, he can't. Anyway, it's like there's no one who does more for the common folk than Robin Hood. That's his whole thing. So I know. Anyway, it sounds and, like she had some personal issues she was working through. Yeah, for real. Well, and then there's this other part where there's this this mere suggestion of this other woman, Ravina, who was kid, who was um, Ravina, who was um, uh, captured in the tower, and she like passed them some information. And they're like, oh, oh, towers. They're like, oh, she was really helpful giving us this information. And uh, Scarlet like flipped out and she was like, How could you endanger another woman? And it's like, <laughs> so she obviously wanted to be the only girl in the band. <laughs> it's like when there's like the girl like hanging out with the like the like guys, and then it's like one of them gets a girlfriend's like, I'm so the only girl in this group. Yeah, no, she's like a literally freaking pick me. <laughs> she, <laughs> she sounds really special. She's so awful. Okay, so then activity number four. Oh, okay, because this book has the has the thing that everybody wanted to see, which is a freaking love triangle between Scarlet slash Main Marion, Robin Hood, and Little John. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what everybody wanted in a Robin Hood book. That never seemed like a viable like romantic interest. Yeah, and we'll talk about what little John is like in this version. But basically, like she's she's kind of just not that into him, but he's into her, and so she kind of just straight up like leads him on. And wait, is the Jacob Black in this love triangle? Yeah, he he is because oh. she straight up like is happy to receive receive his attention when Robin Hood's not around, and then she dumps him like a hop. <laughs> Wait, is this when they think he, she's a boy? That's no, they thing. they know she's a girl. Oh, okay. So she doesn't keep up this disguise very long, it sounds like. Well, it's more like the people in the band, the other merry men, can know, but the townsfolk aren't supposed to know. What about a remake of Robin Hood where they're actually like a musical band called the Merry Men? Uh, well, Men Tights you- kind of had that. <laughs> I never saw that. I don't want to see that. Oh. That's what you were talking about with Errol Flynn, and I was like, I avoid that. Oh, I actually love Men in Tights, but anyway, I love all Mel Brooks movies, but anywho. Um, I've so, actually never seen a Mel Brooks movie. But like, did classic, he do classic humor. He did Braveheart, right? No, that's Mel Gibson. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if I'd call that a- a comedy. No, Mel Brooks. <laughs> Mel Brooks um, was the director of like Robin Hood Men in Tights and Blazing Saddles. The producers. Oh, I, I don't like. <laughs> like, that. I think he's hilarious. I don't like that, but I'm so happy for you. Okay, not Mel. Okay, I'm with you. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm anyway. so famous on the topic. I apologize. <laughs> These are classic comedic movies, but anyway, um, activity number four was leading on Little John even though she's not really that into him. Acti- okay, activity number five, causing, <laughs> causing problems for Robin Hood and the others due to her lack of effective communication. Because she'll just, like, run off and do things and, like, not communicate with the rest of them. Um, and then number six... They always do that. They always do that. 
Um, number six is pointlessly martyring herself. She loves to do that. So, like, at one point, uh, Robin Hood gets captured, and he's locked up in the tower. And, she, <laughs> and there's, there's, like, a sewer chute, like a drainage chute coming out of the castle. And she, like, crawls into it, fighting the sewage all the way, after just being in a big fight, and has a ton of wounds, so, like, infection city. Um, but she, like, she, like, crawls through it, and then she goes and watches through the grate as he's, like, being tortured. And then she, like, just leaves. Why would she do that? Well, then she just leaves. She is so I don't know what the point was. That didn't help Robin Hood at all. Did she think she could get through the sewage grate on the other side? I think side? she thought she could save him, and then she realized that she couldn't, and so she just left. <laughs> it was like, peace. Why didn't she just push up the grate? Scarlet out. <laughs> I don't know. There was no point to it. It was pointlessly martyring herself. And then everyone else has to take care of her, and she accomplished nothing. And it's like this, oh, she's so cool because she went in the sewer. No, it, it accomplished nothing. It just caused more problems. And it was stupid. <laughs> So, um, she, and then activity seven and final is distracting everyone from the mission with her lame love triangle, which is really more like a love pentagram drama. Because Wait, the, part of the Robin Hood is in love with her. Uh, Little John's in love with her. Um, there's also uh, Much, who's a, a Robin Hood original. Um, oh, he was in BBC. Yeah, he's in the BBC. He's in the original stuff. Much the Miller, but he's um, he. Has obviously has a crush on her, and he he's kind of like Will Scarlet in the BBC version, where he's this like kind of younger and he's very sweet. Um, mm-hmm. But he clearly has a crush on her, and then um, she her. has the Bella Swan <laughs> problem, where yeah. the instant that she goes off on her own, she is given unwanted attention by random townsfolk. Um, so that I mean- happens. So that happens to her. It was the 1600s. Wait, when was medieval times? That's 16, I feel really dumb now. That wasn't the 1600s. I think, I think they usually set Robin Hood around the 1200s because oh, that's wow, when that the real Prince John was there. Um, I could be wrong. Um, and they usually put him... Um, like, it's when the Crusades were going on and whatnot. Oh, um, right. But... This novel also has very little sense of historicity or place or anything like that. So, um, but anyway, so, and then also, and we'll talk about this, Guy of Gisborne is tracking her down. Oh, because they um, get married, right? I was looking at Right, so people. they were, because they were engaged to be married, and then we'll, and we'll find out at the end um well we'll get to that anyway so it's just kind of like every single guy in the freaking story is like obsessed with her um and so it's really more like a love dodecahedron i don't know (laughs) um but it's just like (laughs) but like it's just she just causes nothing but problems for everyone else in the group with like all of her stupid drama while hating on all the other girls for their drama and it's like girl you are doing nothing but bringing the vibes down like you're just bringing the vibes down now that I think about it, every time a YA bring the vibes down, every time there's a YA character who is like that, where like everyone just becomes obsessed, they either don't have any female friends that get attention from guys, or they have a standard female friend who has the guy they're like locked and loaded with kind of thing, where it's like, oh, he wouldn't be interested in me anyway. They've been together for like a hundred years or whatever. That is no very competition permitted. Yeah, I think that is very yeah. strange. Because she has her, she was really close with her sister, who is dead. Oh. And so she'll like 
flashback to the sister, but it's not that's not really a real character because it's no she died. Um. Anyway, so. Oh, um, good. Not that someone doesn't matter anymore if they died. No, but in terms of like, are they a meaningful character in the narrative? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So for the sake of time, um, I will just read the rest of my little paragraph here about Scarlet, and then we'll get on to the other characters. Um, so other characters mainly exist to praise Scarlet for being so awesome, brave, fearless, kick-ass, and inspiring, even as she's a complete jerk to them and punches them every time they try to joke around. Oh, and worst of all, she doesn't eat. So much of the dialogue is Rob, John... Oh, and by the way, Robin Hood is Rob in this version, but, um... What? He's Rob! Wait a second. He goes by Rob, like the Rob of High Fidelity Rob. Our favorite name. That is so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and who acts a lot like Rob from High Fidelity too, but we'll get to that. Um, but anyways, so so much of the dialogue is Rob, John, Much, and the others urging her to eat like they're all her abuelas, while Scarlet picks at her food and cries about how hard it is for her to choke it down because reasons. Okay, so do you guys remember like... Um, when 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 we were kids, like if you didn't want to eat, some adult would be like, "Finish your food because there are starving kids in China" or something like that. Yes, and and we'd always be like, "Well, it won't affect the kids in China if I eat my food or not." <laughs> like, gotcha, oh mom. Gosh, <laughs> okay, well, for the record, let the record stand. No one ever said that to me, and I never said that to anybody. But yes, okay, I but know. you're familiar with the concept of that. So Scarlet apparently she thinks the way that everyone's parents in the 90s did who said that thing about the kids in China because she has this like weird kind of magical thinking where like um, she she seems to have some kind of magical thinking where if she doesn't eat her stew at the tavern it will help the starving NPCs of Nottingham in some way. (laughs) To be clear she doesn't like give her stew to them she just doesn't eat it. Then she goes on to run, punch, kick, climb, fight all day long with no caloric intake. How? How is she alive? She clearly has a lot of past trauma, and part of the reason she disguises herself as a boy is to hide from that. So maybe part of her food issues is her not wanting to become more curvy and make disguising herself harder? While I would still feel weird about having such an obviously anorexic, cool action girl in a YA book for young teens, this could at least have been an interesting way to explore a complex issue... But nope, it's never discussed or resolved, and we just have a female role model who eats maybe two bites of food per day and immediately throws half of it up and is still able to do all these amazing action feats, and literally every male character in the book is obsessed with her. So no concerning messages at all there for young girls is what I'm saying. Oof. Yeah. So that's rough. Okay. That's an point. <laughs> um, now, the last thing that we have to talk about with her is her dialect. So this book is written from her point of view. And I don't know what the heck trying to, kind of accent the author was trying to go for, but it's this bizarre mix of like trying to sound like somebody from like Yorkshire in England and like a hillbilly. <laughs> it's like so I, so I'll just pull up um I'll just pull up the first chapter because I don't even know how to, I don't know what she was going for with this accent. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, 
there's a lot of singular were, and then there's a lot of like abbreviations of words, but it's not even consistent. The first paragraph is, no one really knows about me. I'm Rob's secret. I'm his informant. I'm his shadow in dark places. No one ever takes me for more than a knockabout lad, a whip of a boy. They never really see, and I don't mind that they don't see. Like when you walk through a room full of big men drunk off their skulls, it ain't so bad to be ignored. I opened the door to fire tucks and the air fair slapped me across the face. It were too hot and stank of beer and men and I smiled. It were rough, but none here would turn me out for being a thief and a liar. Oh, what? (laughs) I really don't know what accent she was going for. Oh, Um, (laughs) but... Um, what's even weirder about it is that we find out, um, in the big twist is that she's actually made Marion in disguise all along. And so she's actually like a highborn lady all along. So whatever this like kind of folksy accent is supposed to be, it's not her natural way of speaking. It's all an affectation that's part of her disguise. But the thing that's really weird is she... it's narrated from her point of view in first person. So she's thinking this way inside her own head. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It's just very odd. (laughs) Like, um, you know, so if, say if I, for, um, you know, whatever reason of my own wanted to disguise myself as somebody from Wisconsin, um, but in my own head, in the privacy of my own thoughts, I was still thinking, oh, I better go get a big. <laughs> no, like, I wouldn't yeah. do that. I guess it maybe it's part of trying to confuse the reader and have a twist in there, but it doesn't But it's make weird. Sense. It makes no sense because it's, it's like, then don't make it from her point of view. Like, this, this is the thing that right. also annoyed me with Where the Crawdad's saying is, like, they want to have these big twists about the main character, but it's from that character's point of view. And we've been in their head all along. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, um, and then, um, so she kind of gives like a weird semi explanation, um, which is like, she talks about when she was young and she was growing up in this really rich family, um, but she didn't feel free and she just felt constrained by her family's position and all her wealth. And so whenever she tried to quote unquote, think like the common folk, she would like feel more free. Um, so that is why she thinks in an accent, I guess. Um, it's just like appropriating their suffering. And like, I'm sure that any one of those poor people would have changed places with her in an instant. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. So, and then also, um, one final note about her is like that her, so obviously her real name is Marion. Where did she get this name Scarlet? And she says that Robin Hood or Rob Gave her the name Scarlet, and this was something like you definitely um, can see this in the book trailer video. But apparently, she had these like scarlet hair ribbons from when she was a rich lady, and she said she would tie the hair ribbons to her throwing knives so she could grab them faster. <laughs> I don't think that's how aerodynamics works. Well, that's what I've been trying to picture ever since I read the book. I was, I was like, how would that help you grab it faster? And then, and, and also, she also no, she has see it was coming like sneak attack. Wait, what's yeah, that? Word? It, it's <laughs> I guess that was the British Army logic too, though, because they dress their soldiers in bright red. <laughs> like, that is true. Um, but yeah, it would definitely help you. And she goes on and on about these stupid throwing knives. Also, but... I despise a main character. Okay, so you know, like. That's fair as like I'm putting a knife in my like boot. I'm like, girl, I don't know if you want to be doing that. Like, 
<laughs> Careful how you step. It's like how girls like and the two that like early also like put like their cell phones in their like Uggs. I like picture her like putting a knife in her own. Ooh, that was a throwback. So anywho, um and that's apparently how she got her name. Was from the Scarlet Hair Ribbon. She tied around her daggers and throwing knives so she could grab them faster. We definitely saw that in the trailer video. And the name Scarlet didn't even come from her scar. Because did you know she has a scar? Only mentions it every other freaking paragraph. So, um, alright. Now let's talk about what A.C. Gahan did with the other characters. And I'll be comparing most of the characters, like I said, to the Disney Robin Hood version. Because everything else, except for the first season of BBC Robin Hood, is hashtag not my Robin Hood. Um... So, okay, little John. Uh, so, Robin Hood. Okay, so Sarah, how would you describe the Disney Robin Hood? If you had to, like, list some adjectives. I I think he, the Robin Hood is very witty and uh, charming. De, debon, like, dashing and debonair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great. I said um, uh, dashing, charming, swashbuckling, yeah. cheery, kind, and charismatic. Yeah. Um. So Robin Hood in this version is a needy, angsty, grumpy, brooding, unlikable, whiny little fellow um, (laughs) who can't communicate to Scarlet how he feels about her or offer any sort of commitment to an actual relationship, but flies into a jealous, sulking rage whenever other guys show her attention. Ew. And at one point, he literally calls Scarlet a W-H-O-R-E. Uh... Red flag. Um, red flag indeed. Like, I'm like, Disney Robin Hood would never! He would never call somebody that. Like, what is happening? Um, so, yeah. And he's just, like, one of my least favorite type of male characters where, like, he he can't come out and say how he feels to Scarlet. He can't communicate that he's interested. He can't offer her anything. But he just, like, freaks out and gets mad whenever another guy is willing to do those things and is interested in her. And it's just so dumb. It's like, date her or don't. Right. Like, yeah. Very toxic. Um, but yeah, he's like super angsty, super broody, super whiny, like, just not charismatic or inspiring as a character at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. then, um, so then Little John, um, I wrote for him, gone is the goofy, fun-loving, loyal, wisecracking, harmlessly flirty little John we know, and in his place is a rude, pushy, womanizing playboy who constantly creeps on Scarlet. And, of course, it's part of the thing we all wanted to see, a love triangle between him and Rob over Scarlet, a.k.a. <laughs> no one ever wanted to see that. Um, <laughs> seriously, the Disney movie had such a beautiful friendship between the two, and here, they barely speak to one another except to posture at each other about Scarlet. Oof. <laughs> um okay all i can picture when you talk about little john with the love triangle is the bear i know like copy paste baloo from jungle this is not a good look but every other rendition he's never been like really romantic option he's He's not he's not like a sexy character he's like a haggard kind of yeah yeah, I yes, Hagrid is is a good description. That's just like I could see it being like Alan Adale having like a love yeah. triangle, but like him, like that's like it's just not. I, I just would never have thought. 
Like, and I, I feel like Little John is one of those characters where, like, there is a special woman for him. That's like if they had like a, a very specific woman. Pan, but it was a Mr. Speed. Yeah, he's like the goofy sidekick, you know? Like, <laughs> can you imagine? They love Triangle and Captain Hook, Mr. Smee, and. Okay, Sarah. <laughs> Speaking of not putting things into existence, don't even put that in the minds of Disney. Because we'll get some horrible angsty backstory where Captain Hook and Smee had a love triangle over some random woman. You know, I bet once upon a time would have eventually gotten around to that if it had to keep throwing out that plot line for a couple For real. Like, don't even speak that into the world. (laughs) Okay, I'm so sorry. I know I'm... Um, but yeah, it's 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 just a very odd choice. Um, okay, never mind. And, but, yeah, and at least like like Little John in the Disney movie, I he's not like a romantic heartthrob, but he was like he was funny and loyal, and he was a sweet character, and mm-hmm. you know he was a great sidekick, and yeah, he at no, least was like an enjoyable character. Thinking. And in this version, he's just like a big jerk. <laughs> so does she, so yeah. That's also it. Sounds like there's kind of a lot going on with this book. I don't know why she had to. I feel like she just added a lump triangle because it was 2012 and she was riding high on the coattails of Breaking Dawn. Right. It's very 2012, but also like there isn't a lot going on with this book. Like not a lot oh. happens plot wise. So she had to put in all this dumb stuff. And can I also say I really hate. Again, like, I know it's, like, historically accurate, so I'm sorry to, like, no. But I really hate the plot line about the main girl having this, like, arranged marriage she wants to get out of or whatever. With the it's exception so overdone. Made, I don't agree because it wasn't annoying. It's just overdone and it's annoying and it's, like, I just, like, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I will say, there there is a book where that was done very well. Where we had a female character running away from an arranged marriage and kind of being a cool action girl. And that book, The Horse and His Boy from Narnia. Oh, that book that is true. Yeah. But we didn't have to deliberate. That has that story, but it's so good. Yes, but we didn't have to get stuck in the mucky goo of oh, he's I I just don't father. I don't want to <laughs> Right, right, because all of that actually happened in the backstory. So we don't have to see like all the, the million, million the arguments between like Erebus and her dad. Yeah. So maybe that's part of what makes it better. But I think it, it can be done well. But like, and I feel like Erebus actually is, she is kind of, a, she is a cool action girl. She disguised herself as a boy, but she actually feels real. She feels like a real I mean, girl. have the incessant whining in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. And she's, and she like has real flaws. Like she's kind of stuck up. But she gets um, better. Yeah, but she grows and changes, and and her flaws are, like, real character traits, and they're not just things like, oh, my eyes are a weird color. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, it can, it can be done well, but it's so cliche and overdone, and usually isn't done well. And, yeah, yeah. like, I won't be a cog in your machine! I won't marry him! Runs away. <laughs> like, it's just like, <gasps> we've seen that so many times. Like, give me something new. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, because I, I don't mind, like, in Beauty and the Beast where it's, like, there's a suitor she doesn't care about. That's fine. But the, like, impending marriage, like, I'm just, like, this is just heavy and depressing, and I, I just don't care about it. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying. It, it's, so. It's, like, it's also, like, you didn't do anything up until this point, but, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
You let it get really far. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> um, and also, okay, so something that I, I obviously like that does happen and has happened many times where like women were forced into arranged marriages they didn't want. Um, but what I have heard um, from some some friends of John Mark's that. So John Mark actually had some friends in college who were both from India and they were, they had an arranged marriage, but it wasn't like the stereotypical story that we see all the time. It was like an old, old man in a like, yeah, like it, it's more. And again, I'm I'm sure this is not the case for everyone and all history, time periods, things like that. I'm not trying to like, you know, diminish the suffering of people, but like, um, there are there are are cultures that are very big on arranged marriages, but it was more like the it was more like a matchmaker thing where like the parents were trying to trying to find someone who would be a good fit, and you could yeah. say no. Like the parents would like introduce you to all these other people, and then you know you weren't like forced to marry whoever they found. It was more like oh come have dinner with this person or come meet you Aww. know come meet this person and like we think this person would be a really good fit. Um, hey, sounds so, better than dating apps. <laughs> right, exactly. Where I was like, you know what? That doesn't actually sound that bad. That actually sounds really helpful. <laughs> like, it does. And, you know, again, and obviously... family drama of, does my... <laughs> right. And, and of course, I haven't experienced that culture. And I'm, I might be... This is just from the outside looking in. Um, but it seems like there are some instances where arranged marriages are not, like, this traumatic, horrible thing. They're actually... They can lead to really great marriages and really good outcomes in some situations. So also, it's just kind of like, we only ever have this one story about it. Like, I don't know. Also, did I say if you arrange marriage with Richard Armitage, like, could be worse. We'd, we'd work oh. it out. Yeah. You know, like, so he goes and kills a few villagers. I mean, no, nobody's perfect. No one's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We'll work something out. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway. Okay, so then um, kind of some smaller characters. So we have Friar Tuck. I actually, I love the Disney Friar Tuck. <laughs> I love when he kicks the sheriff out of his church. I just think that's great. Um, He's adorable. And Friar Tuck in this version is... Um, this is my pun. The book doesn't make this pun, but he's he's more of a friar tuck with a Y because he's just the tavern owner. Oh no! So he's like, and there's also this he's whole not scene, a spiritual guide or anything. But there's this here's the, here's the thing, Sarah. There's this whole scene where um, Marion slash Scarlet goes to church and has this discussion with the priest. And then that priest character is never seen again. But then they made Fire Tuck like this tavern owner. It's like, why what? why didn't you just leave him as Fire Tuck? And also, every time you say Scarlet slash um Maid Marion, I picture like as like the Lego like like Will Scarlet from the seas in like <laughs> actually, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> sweater. It's like <laughs> Yes, yes, Scarlet, yes, I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, he's just kind of like a generic restauranteur. He doesn't even really help Robin Hood. He's just kind of there. Um, and then Sheriff of Nottingham. Um, I, I love him as a villain in the Disney. I love him as a villain in the BBC. He's just like this picture of the banality of evil. You know, he's like this kind of sniveling, um, 
small little man, <laughs> like, um, not necessarily physically, but like, <laughs> but like, um, like, yeah, morally, and he's a great villain. And then the sheriff, like, we literally barely even see him in this, and he's just generic. And then also Guy of Gisborne, um, who, as we said, Richard Armitage, he's not he, Guy of Gisborne is not in the Disney. Um, but he was played by Richard Armitage in the BBC. So, you know, uh, like you said, Sarah, the cinematography. Um, but <laughs> in this one, he's just like another generic villain. And no. he's also like, he's kind of like a um, a thief hunter for hire. He's like a thug for hire. <laughs> um, because if you remember way, way back at the beginning of this discussion, um, I said that Scarlet was originally from London and ran away to Nottingham and that was also where Guy was from. And so the sheriff hires Guy to like come on a temp job and hunt down Robin Hood. And then for whatever reason, um, he, so Guy of Gisborne comes down to Nottingham and then he has this convoy that brings all his like personal jewels and heirlooms and like valuable treasures. And he's like, he's not moving there. He's coming there on a temp job because he's a thug for hire. Why did he need to bring all that stuff? That's like when influencers <laughs> move to a different city for six weeks, they Amazon all the same stuff. They yes. Have oh, oh my gosh. Yes. And they, and they only do it so that Hood and the gang uh, or Rob and the gang can like, you know, steal his stuff. But it's just like, why did he need to bring all of that? Like, what the heck? What was the really- point of that? Did you really need the sapphires on the show? I know. Like, he should have left that back in London. Also, how long do you think this job was going to take? I don't think Nottingham's a very big place. He wasn't going to find And what's he going to do with, like, a ruby? Was there, like, maybe a really, like, prolific, like, jewelry dealer in well, Nottingham? we will get to that because there <laughs> had to have been. We'll come back to that. But anyway... So then um, Prince John, entirely off screen, we never see him. No, um, no PJ. I know, there's no PJ. Um, no Sir Hiss. So obviously Sir Hiss was made up for the Disney movie. Yeah, so PJ is entirely off screen. King Richard, entirely off screen. That's not unusual. but um, And then the townsfolk. So, Sarah, how would you describe the townsfolk in, in the Disney movie? Like the little rabbits and stuff. NPCs. But I feel like they're not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to not in the Disney. No, they were really cute. They yeah, were like they're like, like people that we get to know and care about. Little rabbits. Yeah. yeah. They like there's like the little rabbit family. Well, like very like hobbish. Yeah. Just doing yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like characters, real characters and people that have scenes and we get to know them. And there's like yeah, the little cute. rabbit family and, and little turtle. Little turtle friend. And there's like the two little mice that work in the church. And oh, yeah. so yeah. even even yeah. though they're minor characters and they're side characters, they still write them well in such a way that we like give a crap about them. Oh, and yeah. they also like they try to help Robin Hood back in any way that they can. Um, and then in this book, uh, as you said, NPCs, they're <laughs> they're the townsfolk in this book are indistinguishable. <laughs> indistinguishable NPCs who would seemingly die instantly without Hood and the gang fixing their every meal. Oh, oh no. Excuse me. I left my axe in the Yeah. And, like, they, like, literally bring them food for every meal. And it's, like, 
Oh, dear. Okay, like, obviously, Robin Hood, his goal was to help them, but they had to have had, like, a little vegetable <laughs> garden or something. He needs to read what helping hurts. <laughs> for real. Tell people you can give them fish, teach them to fish. When you teach your villager to, to fish. <laughs> yeah, he needs to start a little, like, financial empowerment program or something. <laughs> Do like a community garden, like with Casa, like. Okay. Please do Dave Ramsey with the townsfolk. <laughs> <laughs> do a little <laughs> personal finances workshop. Yeah, where they like come in, like do your taxes for free, help you with a resume, do job training. Oh my gosh, for real! I mean, they don't even have like a. I mean, he lives in the. I mean, they have like they're land. completely useless, they're helpless NPCs who can't do anything for themselves. Well, it's because he made them that way. He crippled them. He made I them know. Them I'm like surprised them. he doesn't go in and like wipe their butts every time they use the bathroom. Like, <laughs> literally. Okay. So anyway, so that's kind of all the characters, and then. In terms of, like, the plot of this book, in terms of, like, what happened, not really anything happened. Um, So, Scarlet and the lads fight, rob the rich, feed the poor, hang out in the tavern. Guy of Gisborne shows up, people are kidnapped. Oh, yeah, well, they go to the tavern often. Um, Guy of Gisborne shows up, people are kidnapped, people escape. Scarlet goes to church, her backstory is revealed. John creeps on her, Guy creeps on her, random towels townsperson slash temporary member of the gang creeps on her much has a crush on her a random female townsperson who thinks she's a guy kisses her rob pretends he isn't creeping on her blah 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 i just really didn't care about any of it so So, does it end on a cliffhanger for the next book yeah it it kind of does yeah so i cannot imagine so basically basically the way that it ends is um after several rounds of getting caught and escaping, getting caught and escaping, they finally <laughs> escape one final time. And Robin Robin Hood and Scarlet run back to the woods and get together. And then Little John comes up and he's like... That's so scary. He's like, so I had a chance to kill Guy of Gisborne, but I didn't because... Um, then nothing would be in the way of Scarlet getting with Rob- with Robin Hood, and I don't want Scarlet to get with Robin Hood because I want to get with Scarlet. So I just I just like let Guy of Gisborne live another day to go cause more problems. Wait, who did he tell? Who did he disclose this to? This is Scarlet and Robin. Oh! <laughs> I would not tell anyone that. I mean, it's also nice he didn't just kill someone, but still, like it's I'm Guy of Gisborne. He killed half the town. Did he? It's okay. In the book, he Wait, did. What? Why? Because he was a generic evil villain. <laughs> it's okay. I have no problem with killing Guy of Gisborne in the book. But then you can't overtax the populace. I'm so confused what his motivation was. Well, because he he wasn't taxing the populace. That was the sheriff. Guy oh. of Gisborne was a thug for hire. Oh. Was that so. who he was in the TV show? No, no. I it's no, this is what he was in the book. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay, I'm listening. So, gotcha. um, but anywho, so basically that's kind of how it ends. And then, um, uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but this was just kind of like the cherry on top, the, the, the rotten cherry on top of this horrible Sunday, <laughs> which was that, you know, we find out towards the end that Guy of Gisborne, he didn't even have a personal vendetta against Robin Hood. 
it wasn't even about Robin Hood at all. Um, it was just that he was trying to get Maid Marian back. And so, like, everything else in this godforsaken retelling, it was all about Scarlet. The least interesting, most unlikable character. Now, I have, I have one more thing to say, and you're gonna love this. Yeah, I must say, it. I, got, okay. I, I got sucked into the Wikipedia page for Kai of Kispo. No, you're good. This is my very last thing I want to say about the book, and you're gonna love it so much. So, okay. Um, so I'll just re- read what I wrote. Um, I had a lot of questions about how the Rob the Rich schemes work in this book. They're constantly stealing gold, jewels, and other valuables and fencing them off screen so they can give the money to the townsfolk. Who is buying these stolen goods? Who has the money to purchase these things that they can trust? Why is no one suspicious of these woodland vagabonds showing up with priceless valuables all the time? Why didn't Guy and the Sheriff try to catch Robin Hood by leaning on the local pawn shop? Yeah, why didn't they go, like, track down all the fencers in the area and be like, hey, like, this guy, you see But him? also, like, what yeah. fencers? Who? So they'll just steal, like, <laughs> gems and... Uh, jewelry and stuff from random yeah, rich yeah. people and then they go but it's like who has the money to buy these things from you that wouldn't immediately turn you over to the sheriff like and it's always like it's always happening off screen it's always like okay we'll go into town and we'll fence these these valuables and come back with money and we'll give the money to the townsfolk and it's just like who who are you selling this to who is well, buying this like- generate sustainable wealth like use the jewels to build like i don't know like a factory that people can work well i mean it, it, it does make sense to give the townsfolk money if the sheriff is overtaxing them and they need no, to pay it does. I'm money. Just saying, it doesn't say like they're fixing the problem no <laughs> they are not we're going for the selling, structural root they're just the selling problem. the jewels back to people who then hoard the wealth I don't know. It doesn't seem. Yeah, like- I guess uh, that is so true. I guess the mo- the money's ultimately going right back to the sheriff, and then they just steal it back from them again, and they're passing around the same hundred bucks all over the city. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it it really doesn't. Um, but okay, I I may cut this out because. I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I had like a weird conspiracy theory about who they're constantly selling this stuff to. Ooh. Okay. So think with me for a minute. Medieval Europe. There was a minority in that society that was stereotypically wealthy and interested in jewelry and kind of apart from society and seen as kind of shady and kind of had their own loyalties and were sort of outside of the rest of society. Oh, people who were um, Islamic people? I was thinking about Jewish people. Oh, they were around back then? Oh, yeah. That was like one of the most persecuted minorities in medieval Europe. Oh, I thought it was, I guess, I guess I was thinking Semitic. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, again, I may cut this out. It was just like my own personal conspiracy theory because um, the, the... The prejudicial view of Jewish people at the time. So in in medieval Europe, um, the Catholic Church actually, it was it was against the Catholic Church for people to um, do loans. And they called it usury, to engage in usury. It was um, against the Catholic Church. And so the, like, bankers and moneylenders, uh, it is a historical fact, were often Jewish people. Because... Catholics weren't supposed to engage in that type of type of business. 
And so it kind of became this stereotype that was used against them when it was like, oh, well, Jewish people are just obsessed with money and they're just, they hoard all this money and da 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 da. And it's like, but literally that was one of the few jobs that was available to them. Oh, yeah. Um, And so that became like a stereotype about them and it it became like um, part of the conspiracy theories about them was that like, you know, they were just hoarding all this gold and jewels and stuff because they wanted to take over the world and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I don't know. The more that I thought about it, I was like, well, if you were um, like a Jewish community living in medieval Europe and you had these like random people showing up, with all, showing up all the time with all these valuables and maybe, maybe you don't feel as much loyalty to either the sheriff or Robin Hood or anyone. So you're like happy to make a buck. I don't know. Did you know, I, I got really, sorry, I got really sucked into the guy of Gizmo Wikipedia. And did you know there's a version of Robin Hood where Alan Rickman plays the sheriff of Nottingham? I've yeah. never seen that. Huh. I like Alan Rickman. I like Alan Rickman too. It's so random. And Sean Connery is King Richard? What? Hmm. What is mate? It's a bit random. 1991. Holy mackerel, that's old. Um, no, I mean, that's very strange that they're just, like, going around stealing things from people and then presumably selling it right back to the same people. It's like, that's like in Skyrim when you steal someone's stuff and then you just, like, sell it back to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's very odd. But anyway, I that was kind of my own weird little side trail that my, my mind went down. Um, was I was like... I wonder if there that maybe that could be an interesting like retelling if you had like yeah. a Jewish character that they were fencing their stuff to and like I, I don't know <laughs> but, talk about like some of the uh, like prejudices and stuff yeah yeah that'd be really interesting yeah because Especially, there there were just a lot like of stereotypes like, that had to do with with money and valuables and things like that um, and was this also like the time frame like during the Crusades I could be tell around where like a lot of people like who were like in the Islamic community or whatever were making a ton of scientific advances, but then all of their advances were like all their like research and like stuff was like subsumed by like the crusaders and then they took credit for it or whatever. Yeah. So, so obviously super complicated issue. Um, and I don't know like a ton about it, but it is definitely true that, um, in the middle ages, um, the Islamic world, they were very advanced with science, math. Um, they were the original, not like other girls who just care about math. <laughs> um, but like the word yeah, algebra. Yeah, because they did all the theorems and stuff, right? Well, and like the, the word algebra comes from the, the Arabic word. Um, and so, yeah, they were like very, very scholarly. Um, and then the Crusades were 100%... Um, about uh the you know um christendom quote-unquote christendom europe versus um the islamic nations fighting for control of jerusalem um the good news is that was a conflict that was totally resolved back then and has no repercussions today and never came up again so yeah that's how it was (laughs) yep they you know they worked it all out it's great how society advances in ways we never saw coming. Yeah. So, you know, back in those days, 
there were a lot of opinions over who should have control of that part of the world. Not anymore, but back then. No, no, no. Not not anymore. Anyway, ba- anywho, ba- so basically. So that was Scarlet, the book uh, Scarlet by A.C. Gone. Gone. Um, there are, it is a series. I'm not going to read the rest of the series. I put I put in my time. Um, and I was really struggling to think of um, an example for, for read this instead, because as I mentioned before, so many of these retellings are just garbage. Um, but there actually is a retelling of a classic thing that I think is really, really good. Now, it has been forever since I read this. Um, did you ever read The Once and Future King by T.H. White? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a cute Disney movie too. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah, yes. I read that in like high school. Um, and again, it's been forever, but I remember it being incredible. And um, it, it's kind of a contemporary, well, I say contemporary, it was, I think it was written in like the 50s, but um, contemporary to the time that it was written. Um. Not not that it sets King Arthur in that time, but it was sort of like a contemporary take on the King Arthur legend. And it was kind of taking all these various myths about Arthur and, and legends and whatnot and kind of making it into one cohesive narrative novel, um, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of these adaptations try to do. Like they're taking, you know, collections of like a lot of the, a lot of the Robin Hood folklore is like ballads and poems and things like that um and they try to you know kind of consolidate it all into a novel and that's not easy to do but the once in future king basically does that with arthur and um again it's been forever but i remember it just being so good um i've read it a couple of times i would love to read it again um since it's been like 15 years since i read it but um that is you know that's really the only good retelling book that I could think of. Um, did you have any, or have you read like a good Robin Hood book? Oh my gosh. I, I have, have not. I, I have a friend who read um, a, a retelling and I, I want to say it was called like hood or something vague. And I think I started that series and just couldn't really get into it. Um, I don't think I've ever read anything that was a retelling, but I, I do know that Kelly, once you wrote a story, this is very meta, you wrote a story, and in the story, which is about another story, he <laughs> was trying to get his book published, and it was um, a, a retelling of a dystopian Robin Hood uh, in space, I think. It, called it was Robin Hood in space with dragons. Oh, was it so, dragons? <laughs> it was dragons. So, okay. and uh, to be clear, this is a fictional story in the universe of a story that I wrote. It's a story in a story. It's a story within a story. It was called Hood 781. Yes, and, that was it. That was <laughs> and it. it was supposed to be kind of a ridiculous book that. that this character wrote. Um, well, you know, I've been working. And by working, I mean, I haven't worked on it in about 10 years. But um, my um, Ben Hood the Musical situation. Oh, yeah. Um, now I'm like, Robin Hood the Broadway Musical? Oh, my gosh. Why have they never yeah. done that? It's public domain. I know it's public domain. And wow, that's just money sitting on the table. I mean, we don't like, okay, we talked about this before, but do we need Legally Blonde the musical? No. Do we, we need? We really don't. 
Robin Hood, the Broadway musical? We might. Oh my gosh. I would. Or Once in Future King, the Broadway musical? Holy. Oh, that's already a thing, isn't it? It's called Camelot. Well, I'm an idiot. This... No, you're not an idiot. Um, there is a musical called Camelot. Um, it's not Broadway, is... though, is it? It was on Broadway back in the day, and there's a movie of it. Um, I've seen that. But I think there's room in this universe for more than one musical about King Arthur. Yeah, I think um, it, I didn't like that one so much, so I think this will be better. And and then, of course, the, the Disney movie, The Sword in the Stone, is based on the first part of the four parts of um, The Once and Future King. That movie is adorable. Um, it is. It's a very cute little movie. So, bringing it back to Disney... Um, yes. and yeah. Um, but no, I don't think I've ever, I've watched a lot of, well, not a lot. I've watched adaptations, but I don't think I've read anything that was a version of Robin Hood retold. Yeah. Well, and I know people that I, people do like the, you mentioned Hood, but Stephen Lawhead. Um, and I, I've heard oh. that one is good, but, That's um, it. I have not read it. So, um, maybe I'll give it a try. Um, because, uh, I, you know, love Robin Hood, but haven't never read a good Robin Hood novel. And it it may be something that, it may be something that he doesn't really work as a character in a novel because he's so larger than life. And he's a little bit like we, you know, this is way back when we had our episode about Peter Pan. I feel like he's a little bit in the legends. He's like a little bit chaotic, uh chaotic good where he's not this like really like sweet like wholesome character but he's not like a bad guy i mean the fox is like great this is not against him but it's yeah. like in legends i was well, like reading some stuff he kind of like did some not so nice things he killed a lot of people actually yeah and in a lot of the original ballads um the story will kind of go where um there's you know some random guy comes and challenges him and he's like, I'm gonna beat you up, Robin Hood. And then Robin Hood's like, no, I'm gonna beat you up. And then they fight. Robin Hood beats him up. And then he joins the gang. And that's kind of like the main, the classic story of a Robin Hood ballad. Um, so, and it, but it may just be the kind of thing, like, he may not really work as a character in a novel. Because he's so larger than life. And he's such a mythical figure. And he's, you know, he's so swashbuckling and... Um, it's almost like a superhero. But anyway, he's really almost like a superhero, and so I think that's that that kind of character translates well to like an animated movie, um, but maybe not so much to a novel. Any final thoughts that we want to say to wrap it all up? I would definitely, I would definitely read a reader. be a still be a snake or would he be a person a snake well sarah he he defied the societal standards i'm happy to have arms so is is, is everyone else an animal or is everyone else a human and circus is just the one snake he's the one snake well sarah hang in there because we all know what Disney is up to these days, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time before there is some horrible live-action Robin Hood remake. 
Or maybe like... I just love okay. how his name is an onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a sir. Like, okay. who killed him? He doesn't have... <laughs> so you can't do that. <laughs> okay, Sarah, how about this? You know how they did Maleficent? And it was like... Or like the Cruella DeVille movie, and it was like um, the complex backstory of these villains. What if they did that for Sir Hiss? Oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy. Just call it Hiss. You want nothing else from life? Oh my gosh, Kelly, you know how they do like, um, like, like, in Once Upon a Time, they had like random villains like come together, like interacting? I want it where it's like Sir Hiss. Mr. Smee, and then um, that little guy from The Rescuers. Oh, Mr. Snoops. Yes. All the beta sidekicks. Yeah. That would be amazing. No, that should be a series on Disney+. Plus. Honestly, it would boost, like, that That would get me back on there. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. I, I picture them, like, in a crappy bar, and they're all sitting around, like... And would you believe Medusa did blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. How about this? How about like, it's a support group for these villain sidekicks that are recovering from these like toxic relationships. Oh my gosh. And the guy from Beauty and the Beast, his little friend. Yeah, he can be in there. And Jasper and Horace can be in there like, (laughs) and then Cruella drove her car off the hill. (laughs) Smash yeah. into smithereens. Yeah, I'd be like, it'd be like, like a support group. And like, yeah, I feel really complicated what I did, but you know, some people you just got to get away from them. They'll just take you down with them. And then it's like <laughs> Mr. Smee's talking about Medusa, <laughs> and Smee's in there like, and I'm, I'm not responsible for Captain Hook's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they'll be like, you know, I just have a really hard time working for a boss ever again because I'm so used to getting my life threatened every time. Oh, yes. They'll be like, like, like appropriate uh, boundaries between, like, employees. It's like, oh, I went into work and uh, my boss didn't shoot a shotgun at me. And I was just like, for everybody else, this is normal. (laughs) Maybe you should, uh, should write a script for this. I'm trying to think who else I would invite. Like, that that could actually be, like, such a funny, like, little skit or something. Oh gosh, that would be so funny. Incredible. Um, like, the, the Z-listers, yeah. Who are, who are all, okay, who are all, like, the little villainous sidekicks of Disney? Oh, Joanna! Um, Joanna, the, jo- Joanna was pretty evil, though. Joanna really did give me the heap views. Yeah, that's Yeah, true. I think Joanna enjoyed being in that role. <laughs> yeah, she <probably laughs> I'm thinking about the ones who are, like, kind of reluctantly dragged into the villain's toxicity. Definitely. That looked like they just had no clue what was happening. Who? The ones that just like looked like they had no clue like what was happening. Yeah. Oh, like the little dude in Pocahontas, who's like oh, gift baskets, yeah, gift basket guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Him. Okay, I'm looking up like Disney movies, trying to think of who else. Um, I think that Mr. Snoops and Circus would be just the the most intriguing. Yes. Um, and then like the hyenas. In Lion King. But the hyenas are, they're kind of evil. They're kind of actually evil. They were simply disenfranchised. They had no way of advancing in that society. Oh, uh, what about Iago? He's kind of actually evil, though. Who's that? The little the little um, parrot in Aladdin. Oh, his name's Iago? Oh, yeah. he was he was evil, too. Oh my gosh, Kronk! 
Oh my gosh, he would lead the support group. Yes, he would be leading the support group. Oh my gosh, yes. And then he'd be like shocked because everyone else actually did horrible things. He's like, oh. Yes. (laughs) You never took it that far. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Well, anywho, um, we probably need to wrap this all up. Um, So do you want to share anything about what you're reading this week? Other than Wikipedia. Um, I don't know, Amy, do you want to talk about what you're reading? Yeah. Um, Okay, I've been circulating through a few books. I am reading right now um, The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. (gasps) I love that book. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I'm almost done with it. Oh, it's so good. And then I've read a little bit of Happy Place, which is probably going to be my next read. It's very, like, light summer romance. Mm -hmm. And then I've been reading another... I've been reading another romance by Talia Hibbert, who's... um, one of my favorite romance authors, but I have not gotten very far in that one. Sweet. I haven't heard of her. She's, yeah, I like her writing. Yeah, she's good. We're just, you know, like light kind of rom-com. Yeah. Perfect summer read. I'm just gonna talk about a few things I read recently over the break that it would, I read um, Still Life by Sarah Winman. Um, it was a beautiful book. Um, like, the cover was beautiful, but I had no idea what it was going to be about. I thought it was going to be about the underbelly of the art world, but it wasn't. It was actually kind of about, like, um, uh, a group of people, family, friends from, like, World War Two to, like, the, uh, maybe, like, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, maybe. It was, um, it was really, it was, like, literary. Um, it was good. It kind of reminded, it didn't use, so... It didn't have quotation marks, which doesn't bother me because, like, um, uh, Cormac uh, McCarthy, I don't, I, it, that bothers me. I can't focus on Sally it. Rudy doesn't use them, and I actually kind of like it. It makes it flow better to me. Um, so it was good. I read um, Beach Read by Emily Henry, which I know I'm like the only person on the planet that hasn't read it, and it was um, pretty good. Why did it? And also on the break, another book I'd like to recommend is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And it was just really lovely and sweet and um, very charming. I highly recommend. Part of it's told from the viewpoint of um, an octopus, which is adorable. So um, I highly recommend. Yeah. Nice. Um, I have been reading an author, Laura Purcell, who um, she writes kind of like gothic fiction. Um, so it's like historical fiction with a little bit of a gothic twist and it's right up my alley. Um, and I actually had to order her books online because I could not freaking get them at any library. Um, so she, she's a British author, so I don't know if like, she just isn't as well known. Um, but like in America or whatever, um, you know, cause I'm so unique and special. I'll have to import my books. (laughs) Um, but um but no like her books were so so good and um they uh so one of them the first one that i read um i the british title was the corset and then the american title was the poison thread and it was kind of like this um magical realism type of story which is a genre that i really really like and um it was kind of about this uh poor girl down on her luck who um, whenever she would sew something, it would kind of have this, like, magical realist, like, effect on whoever wore it. Um, and then it got really complicated and interesting from there. And she went through some, like, really um, terrible things. And then the other one was called oh. um, Bone China. And I I don't think that you would like it, Sarah, because it's a little, a little bit scary. Just um, 
but um it was had it um had a lot of themes of like uh fairy folklore and stuff like that um which i always just find so fascinating and like kind of scary but just like so fascinating and um but really, really good. Um, so I am really liking her as an author. So we have given you guys a lot of content this episode. Thank you for hating us in there with us. Um, I, I'm i sorry it ran a little long, but you know what? You haven't had to um, listen to us in a while. They can put it on 2x speed. They can turn it off. No, don't do that. Just listen to separate. Just listen to me. Do like... Go do listen to you're like on your little jog or like doing your little like errands or just like break it up. You don't have to listen to it all at once. You don't even have to. They don't have to listen to it at all. Presumably, they listen to it because they like it. Yeah, I I like it when podcasts go long because I like anyway. Um, but if that's not enough, please go and follow us on Instagram. Please share us with your friends. Please rate, review, and prescribe. Subscribe. (laughs) Um, Please rate if you liked it. If you didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, just keep good rates. Otherwise, just, you know, don't worry about it. Keep going. Um, and, you know, um, come and tell us what you're reading on Instagram. We want to hear about it. And we want to tell you more about, oh, this police car. Tell us more about what we're reading. Um, and, yeah, so we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.